This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, I'm Ian Doyle and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast in association with 45, the new score prediction game from the pools. Simply predict five correct matches and you could win £25,000. To play 45 for free this weekend, visit thepools.com and don't forget you've got to be over 18 and in the UK to play. I'm delighted to say that I'm joined today by our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, James Pearce. Hiya, Jay. Hello, Ian. How are you? Very you, good, thank you. You yeah. seem to have a big smile on your face. Well, just enjoying uh, a very happy Divokariki day. <laughs> As it is now going to be known. Uh, also with me is Joe Rimmer. Hiya, Joe. Hi, Ian. And also Christian Walsh. Hello, Christian. Hello, Ian. I believe you were quite vocal in the office yesterday. What happens in the office during Derby Day stays in the office during Derby Day. You're lucky you haven't been murdered by Chris Beasley. Let me just say, if you were to film me during a Merseyside Derby, in any vicinity, but especially in the office, it would go viral. Well, myself and James Pearce were both at Anfield. Um, I was sat there watching the game, diligently doing my work, when uh, the ball hit the crossbar. Uh, Jordan Pickford, for some reason, decided to then try and keep it in play, and Divock Origi headed it in. The next thing I know, James Pierce is strangling me. It's <laughs> <laughs> a shame he didn't finish, finish the job, isn't it? Really? <laughs> That's been on the card for quite a while. Uh, Nothing to do so, with the goal. So, no, it wasn't anything. No, it was just an excuse, wasn't it? Uh, so, Jay, so, James, you were um, very animated towards the closing stages. Um, but looking at, looking at it slightly dispassionately, if you can, after uh, nearly 24 hours since the game concluded, what was your take on that crazy finale? <laughs> Well, there just isn't a better way to win a game, is there? I don't. I think. I think if you could have, well, you wouldn't even be able to come up with that scenario, could you? Because it was so utterly farcical and ridiculous. But um, yeah, ninety-sixth minute. I mean, like everyone else in the ground, I thought the game was over. It was four minutes of stoppage time. We were into the fifth minute of stoppage time. The ball's down in front of the away end. You could see they were they were celebrating. That the flare had come onto the pitch. You, you thought you know, we were seconds away from the final whistle, and then I think Sturridge does well, doesn't he, to win the the, the free kick initially, and then um, yeah, it's just there's just so much going on in, there. in the space of 20, 30 seconds for a start. Really clever from Allison the way that he he runs after the length of the field to then play it to Trent, who then you know effectively means he's lumping the ball into the box from fifteen yards further forward than where he would have been, um, and then you know the, I think it was the header for Mina, wasn't it? It drops to Van Dijk and. Again, once he, you're thinking, what on earth are you doing hitting that first time? He he had time to to bring it down and and pick someone out. And when the ball looped in the air, you know you, you saw Van Dyke's back turn in disgust as he was ready to get back. And then yeah, it was you couldn't quite believe what what I was seeing because. Um, you didn't think it was a goal at first, did we? We just well, they, assumed they, they, they there, just, there must be something wrong. Yeah, there has to have been something wrong. Yeah. And even even you know. And you look it back and you just think, you know, obviously for Pickford, it's an absolute calamity. Um, you know, clearly he didn't, he, he was worried about conceding a corner and has ended up flapping it onto the bar. And but even, even the Rigi's reaction is absolutely bonkers. Like he, he turns and then goes and picks up the ball as if. Like Liverpool have just made it reduce the deficit to that two. Was, I, I think that was quite clever, that. actually. I right. think that was quite clever because it basically stopped Evan from restarting the match. That's why he's done it. I don't it. think there was any chance of that game restarting any time soon after that. There was that big thing, though, wasn't there, at the World Cup where there's this rule that apparently it's not true. Apparently, apparently it's not, not true, true, but teams have tried to exploit it where if the, the, everybody's on the pitch celebrating or off the pitch celebrating, then the other team can actually take the. Uh, got uh, the kickoff and, yeah. and, and score. I think Panama might have tried against England right. in the World Cup, but it's not true. 
But, but it doesn't <laughs> seem like referees know it's not true, so it could have easily. It did. It did give Liverpool just a few seconds to compose themselves after such a mad goal. Uh, I think it was Mane who actually wrestled the ball off Gay to give it to, to Origi, who then grabbed the ball and, and ran off with it. So I, I, I don't know. There probably wasn't any thought behind it whatsoever. <laughs> no. But I like to think that there was a little bit of intelligence. There. Well, it was it was because of Idrissa Gay being injured or being on the floor and mm. taking so long getting treatment that there was this extra time. I think Virgil van Dijk today has mentioned that saying, well, you know, Everton was stopping the game that often. The, they gave us that extra bit of time, Joe, to actually score the goal. I mean, what were you thinking when, when that went in? We Did you, did you have a not, no sense of like thought for Everton going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Dolly. Um, I, I, like, like James just mentioned, I'm sure Christine's the same. I, I was looking, I was thinking... Surely this. Looking at the this, ref. Yeah, the I was waiting for a whistle, a flag, yeah. something. Yeah. I thought. To maybe be fair, the Evans, Evans players were all appealing. Yeah, I, yeah. But it's the old thing of like, oh no, we conceded this goal in the last yeah, minute. Let's just appeal for appeal. everything. And I just expected it to be one of those that just gets ruled out, not an almost sort of almost classic moment. But yeah, it was um, it was utterly bizarre. But you couldn't have written a better way. Watching Jordan Pickford, who I've had to listen to people bang on and on and on and on and on about the best goalkeeper that's ever played the game. Go and spawn one into the top of his bar like that. Lovely. <laughs> nice one. Christian, were you uh, similarly delighted? Yeah. It's to I'm, a point, let's face it. To a point. Because it's not, I mean, again, this is the Liverpool to, podcast. To three a lot of A lot of us have covered other teams. Did we you have. feel a little bit sorry for Pickford? Or did you think, well, actually, he just made a massive mistake and that's just something, if he's, as Joe said, he's got this reputation of being one of the best, England's number one, one of the best goalkeepers in the country and of any nationality, that making a mistake like that, especially when he'd made... Another mistake at the cop end the last time he was there, and it was Van Dyke again who helped to you know, contribute in some way. No, <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you want me to say. Though. Okay, professionally, yeah, of course he's he's a, he's a nice guy. Um, he's, he is a good goalkeeper. He's not necessarily as good, I think, as as some Everton um, supporters and commentators would have you believe. But he's a good goalkeeper. Um, but ultimately. It got Liverpool the three points, and 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 that that's all that really matters from a Liverpool perspective here is that it there is no better way to win a game, any game, but especially against you know local rivals. You'd only have to see the scenes on all four corners of the ground, apart from that little enclave of uh, Evertonians at the Anfield Road, and Ian Klopp obviously bounding onto the pitch, giving Allison a, a massive bear hug. It was a massive goal in general, but you know these type of things happen. I don't think. Everton fans didn't feel bad for Lucas Lever for getting sent off in the FA Cup um, fourth round in 2009, and then they win 1-0. You know they didn't feel bad for Roy Hodgson when you know the the embarrassed Liverpool the last time they, they won in 2010. Um, and, and nor should Liverpool fans you know feel bad for David Moyes, Tim Cahill, Marouane Fellaini, you know Phil Neville, whoever. It's just part and parcel of it. And, and ultimately, I know why you're saying that because I think. I think derbies are all, all about giving and taking. And the problem is at the moment that Liverpool are doing a hell of a lot of giving and Everton are doing a hell of a lot of taking. That's just the way it is at the moment. They haven't won since 2010. I'm sure at some point the shoe will be on the other foot. At some point. And the way sure? Everton, It has to be the way Everton played. I'm sure we'll move on to so the way Everton played. It, you know, I'm not saying there's a, there's a power shift, of course not, but a, a worse Liverpool side there would have lost. The fact that Liverpool are actually a, a very good football team, they're contributing to the fact that you know it's still 19 years unbeaten at Anfield, still eight years without a defeat in any derby, full stop. So 
it, it will it will come back and, and, and there will be times when Everton can lord it over Liverpool. So ultimately, if you're a Liverpool fan, enjoy it because you never know when the next one might come. Look at Everton. I bet you they wish they celebrated that 2-0 in 2010 a hell of a lot more because they've been waiting ever since. Well, James, it's only been two years since Liverpool scored a last-minute winner against Everton, obviously Sadio Mane at Goodison. That's the, the fifth. I mean, overall now, Liverpool have scored more last-minute winners against an opponent being Everton than any other team has done against any other team in the Premier League. Was this better than Mane? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Just just because it, in the grand scheme of things, it, it means that much more, I think. Um, you know, the, yeah, the Mane one was was magical in terms of it was at Goodison, um, you know, and those, those scenes were memorable. But I think because it, it wasn't just about beating Everton, was it? Yes, it was about the title race. It was about responding to to another win for Man City on the weekend. And yeah, without that freak set of circumstances at the at the end, the, the mood today would be so different. You know, we'd be sat here talking about, you know, that would be talking about Klopp's words from last week when he said about there, there isn't something missing the way that he was. Um, you know, angry that people were questioning when we, we, I'm sure we'd be saying, well, there is something missing. You know, you, Liverpool aren't, aren't as, as as threatening and potent going forward as they were in the second half of last season. Uh, and it had cost them a, against Everton. So, it just, yeah, it just it's absolutely massive in the context of the season, I think, just because, yeah, to, to win a game like that, 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 I think, does a hell of a lot more for you as a team than, than beating Everton 4 or 5-0. I mean, Joe, we'll... Go on to some of the subjects that we've discussed uh, previously, but we'll deal now with Jurgen Klopp on his celebration. That some people, Danny Mills, I know James <laughs> has absolutely slaughtered it today, and rightly so. Um, but he, what did he say? Something? What did he, he basically? If Jurgen Klopp had gone past me, yeah, I wouldn't have let him get. Him I, I, oh yeah, something like that. So he advocated Far violence. Yeah. He, yeah, he advocated violence and then criticised Jurgen Klopp for doing something that could have incited violence, which didn't really seem to make an awful lot of sense. But there will be some people who weren't very happy with the way Klopp ran the pitch. And he apologised for it afterwards and suggested or said that he'd, he'd actually said sorry to uh, Everton manager Marco Silva, who then said, well, I don't remember him apologising, although we've had a bit of discussion in this in the office and we think possibly Klopp said that at the final whistle where he said it into his ear and Silva, not un, not, not understanding, understandably, has just paid no attention to what he said because yeah. of the result. Yeah, but, did you have a problem with Klopp doing that? No, but um, <laughs> I, I quite enjoyed that last minute goal. So, look, I, I, to be honest, I get why. Okay, I'll rephrase the question: If Liverpool concede yeah, in that yeah, and Silver runs on the pitch, would you be absolutely fuming and suggesting he's got to be banned, touchline ban, and you know, kicked out of the country and stuff like that, and made to <laughs> made to have I, a meal with Danny Mills? I wouldn't like it, but look, you've got to you've got to understand that Everton fans would have loved it. it, it you know, Mourinho ran down the touchline when Chelsea won two 0 didn't they? In, in the in 2014, it happens. Managers do it, and I'd rather see my manager doing that than showing no emotion at all. So, look, it, it's it's just part of the game. Klopp, like James wrote in his piece, wears his heart in his sleeve. We've seen him do it before. It's it's what makes people like him, and ultimately, I can understand why some people might take exception to it, but. Let's not go over the top like Danny Mills did and, and make out like he's done something terrible. That's, that's very unlike Danny Mills to go over the top well, if you've exactly. ever seen him play but, football. But that, yeah. that's it. And it's quite often like people like him that seem to dish it out. And you think, how how, how can you dish it out when as a player? Yeah, and, and, and the same same breath, 
suggest violence is the answer. Well, I don't know. All, all Klopp did was run and hug his goalkeeper, didn't he? Yeah. Essentially, he didn't run in front of he, the other he, players, he, he, he didn't seemed, run in front of their yeah. fans, didn't... He, he just run onto the pitch yeah. and then go, oh, I'm in yeah. the middle of the pitch, and I managed to go off. to the nearest person. He, yeah. didn't, he didn't run in front of the the um, the Everton dugout, like, say, the, the Chelsea coach did to Mourinho the other, the other month. All he did was run and hug his goalkeeper, and then he got off quick. So, look at... He's like, oh, I, what am I doing here? I, I, I liked it, but I can understand why some people might be <laughs> not best pleased, but they'd love it if it was their manager. It's, it's, it's like when you've had a couple of a wedding, isn't it, and a song comes on, you go, right, everybody on the dance floor, let's go, and then you turn around, you're like, hold on, there's no one joining what, me what, here. What song would that be for you? Ooh. Please do not say Dexie's Midnight Runners, come on, Eileen, because no, that's, that's, no, no, no. that's not allowed. No, I don't, I don't know. Oh, Roses by uh, Outcast. <laughs> do they play that in many weddings? <laughs> They have the ones I have. Look, you have do, you have, do you know what the lyrics say, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Caroline. Anyway, uh, don't, don't. That, that's my karaoke piece. We're losing listeners by the second. <laughs> <laughs> those those stats think, are going down. Do you, did you also like Pep Linders, by the way? He seemed way oh, well yeah, yeah, yeah. chuffed. He's, yeah. he's the the quiet, yeah. mild mannered Dutchman, isn't he? The the thinker, the the. Um, Hang on, the, the thinker. So is he's the thinker. At, he's replaced the brain. The brain. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, you don't you don't see uh, outpourings of emotion from Pep Linders quite like that. Yeah, he went absolutely berserk. But Joe, Joe's right. I think you've got to put it in context. Right? First of all, of course, Klopp shouldn't have done it. You, you can't you can't have managers running on the pitch. He's on the centre circle. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, and, um, you know, Guardiola did it around this time last year when they scored a 96th minute winner against Southampton, um, and he you know he just got told to calm down by the ref and no other action was taken. You know, you wonder whether Klopp might end up with a fine or potentially a short touchline ban, but do you know what? It's, it's just passion, isn't it? It wasn't, it wasn't premeditated. It wasn't, as Joe said, it wasn't inciting anyone. It was no, it was absolutely no harm done. There was no, it was no Everton player within 30 or 40 yards of him. And, you know, Silver said afterwards, he didn't even notice that Klopp had even done it. So yeah, you've got to, you've got to keep it in context. It was just, it was just raw, raw emotion, wasn't it? That, that took him there. And as you said before, I think he got there suddenly thought, oh my God, where am I? And then got off as as, as quickly as he'd got on. Um, yeah, it, it, I, to me, it just all added to all added to the you're, sense of you just seen something that you, you never thought you'd ever see. And do you know what? That, that'll be part of Klopp's highlights reel forevermore now because, and it just, it shows that bond that he's got with the supporters because he, he reacted just like the 50-odd thousand in there that did at the same time. And the one journalist as well. James is more likely to serve a press box band <laughs> for strangling a colleague, isn't he? <laughs> I'd like to see what uh, John Octaberg got up to as well oh, because he, 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 he he's, he's very good for the uh, the really passionate <laughs> celebrations. I remember it was at the Dortmund game where he commandeered the, the um, fourth official's electronic balls <laughs> right, for substitutes. Yeah. <laughs> I was just waving it round over his head, so I don't know what he was doing there. That's got to be the best... Anfield goal since Dortmund, didn't it? Uh, yeah, we, I was talking with friends and sort of saying, go on, where, where is it in terms of top five? And they were saying, and these have been going for 20 years, and they said top five. They said, not a question. They had the uh, Coutinho winner against Man City. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. They had one of the goals against Man City in the Champions League. Um, they had Aga, Chelsea, 2007. Ooh, uh, obviously Garcia 2005 well, I think you mentioned five already haven't you uh, no is that four I oh, he's mentioned five goals yeah, yeah, yeah. oh no uh, yeah so he's I've, mentioned I've, ten but who cares I lost count just, just keep going just, yeah. Yeah. should we just keep on the name them? but yeah uh, no I'll tell you what it, it was goals that you haven't been in the stadium for sorry that's so um, this this was in terms of you know top five for, for a lot of people and um, in general it's just 
you could tell by you, you watched you watched it back on match of the day and, and the, the the ground was shaking and there's just a massive bodies sort of behind the scenes that are going on the, the you know the red on the pitch you can just see just limbs absolutely everywhere it was it was what remarkable made me laugh is some of the pictures where you can see the people who've been sloping off thinking oh this is not happening and then obviously when it's hit the bar and the ball's about to go in and reset you can see them all like turning around on the steps and this is obviously an example of don't leave before the end. Yeah. Especially, I don't understand people who leave before the end when it's nil-nil or it's one or It's really, really close. I just don't get it. I'm, I'm going to have to um, out him again. I, I, I do my dad down in this podcast. Don't I? <laughs> did, did I he, leave? he didn't he's, leave, did he's he? has got an excuse. It was my brother's birthday yesterday. My dad feeling bad for not seeing him. Um, I was trying to nip home to catch him before he had to go back to work. And um, and yeah, I did, did miss the goal. It's poor, that. It Colin, is. remember, you've only got yourself to blame. Well, now, you, or, you, or your son. Or the son. <laughs> not me. Well, surely it was his action Good time months before that sort of led to this. Nine, Nine months before. He's not just it's been born. All the more reason why yeah. he's just left it. He's 32. Now, while James, you said it was you know, remarkable and unexpected, what was also unexpected was the person who scored the goal, yeah. Divock What was, again, another interesting thing for me is when he came on, straight away the crowd was singing his name, the the, the cop was singing his name, which I thought it's a bit odd. You know, they haven't seen him for. I think the last time he played at Anfield was April 2017, I think. Yeah. But with his first action, just bombs it down the wing past that past Yerry Mina, and you're thinking, "Hello, was he been for the past 18 months?" Yeah, yeah. I, I must admit, when I saw he was coming on, I, I thought, "What on earth is is Klopp doing here?" Because I didn't I didn't really understand the substitution taking Salah off when it when he did. Because I thought Firmino looked like the obvious one that had to come off because he was he was really struggling, and then when you put on Origi, I mean, what there was no, why would anyone believe that Divock Origi would have an impact on that game? You know, played eleven minutes of football, first team football this season. That was against Red Star Belgrade, um, and just his career has been on a, a kind of a, a downward spiral for what, two and a half years. Really, he's never been the same player since uh, Funes Mori uh, chopped him in half in that derby. At Anfield, so um, no, but you know, massively fair play to him. I think you think you're right. You know, it was, it was there was something about him when just to have the confidence to to, to take Mina on like he did, and he did get the crowd going. Because um, that was he won the corner from that, didn't he? With yeah, the cross, and that's the corner that he hit the bar. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, he, what, what's what, you know, part of the the joy for him is also that because of what happened in, in the dying embers of the game, the miss from, what was it, two yards when he hit the bar, it just gets forgotten, doesn't it, really? It was, you know, uh, um, you know if that if the bit at the end doesn't happen, we'd be sat here going, you know, how on earth has Origi messed that up? You know, he could have been the hero. It's almost like it's just fitting with the way things have gone for him in the last couple of years. Where's Solanke? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, oh, it's just, and, and, you know, fair play to him, because although it is a freak, it, it le- you know, he, he put, Pickford under pressure by following that in, um, and and was in the right place at the right time to to, to knock it away. And you know he's such a nice fella, Divock Origi as well. Among, you know, not surprisingly, it wasn't exactly difficult getting player interviews after the game yesterday. I think they were queuing up to talk about that. And and Jeannie when Aldum spoke about how he said he said you know just at, he said like the atmosphere in that dressing room was unbelievable. He said because. We were just all so pleased for Origi because he said, you know, we we know he's had a tough time. He hasn't had a look in, but every day in training, his attitude has been top class. He said he he fully deserved to be on that pitch because of from what he'd been doing at Melwood on a daily basis. Well, to be fair to Klopp, when he's been asked about Origi in recent weeks, when Origi's he, he's kind of you know he got those minutes at Red Star and he was on the bench for a few games, he's always said that his attitude in training has been very good, hasn't he? 
Yeah, 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 yes, yeah, and I think I think that's that's what's enabled him to get ahead of of Solanke in the in the pecking order, um, and just been you know he, again Origi stopped as well afterwards and and, and said that you know it, his attitude was there's no point getting upset about not being involved because you know you can only influence what you can what you what you can influence yourself and he said you know I just had to dedicate myself in training to try and force my way back into the manager's plans and and clearly he's done that and I, I really hope this. You know this. You know if Divock Origi never plays for Liverpool again, you know he'll always be welcomed back uh, with open arms because you know he's achieved something that that not many players can say they've they've done. You know he, he's a he's a, he's an absolute hero forevermore now. But let's hope this is actually the start of a a new chapter in his career because I think the big thing with Origi is speaking to obviously Klopp's talking about, spoken about it previously and people that are close to him think that he does struggle with self-belief and and backing himself because he you think back to what he was like in that Europa League run before he got the injury he was almost unstoppable in those games against Dortmund home and away um but you know he, he was really poor in pre-season I felt when he came back from Wolfsburg after a disappointing spell there and you, you just you just think if, if you're ever going to get a shot in the arm and a confidence boost and start believing in yourself properly then you know you, you couldn't ask for more than what he experienced at Anfield on Sunday. He's only 23. Mm. You know, he's, he's not a race-off, is he? And this is coming from somebody who wrote him off. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, well, in, in the sense that, not necessarily as a, as a, as a footballer in general. To be fair, you weren't alone. I think nearly everybody I thought... Nobody saw him, him having a future no. at Liverpool. And, you know, he could have easily left in the summer if, if he wanted to. And you were um, fully sportive of, of him yesterday after you missed that chance. And <laughs> <laughs> I remember you saying, well done. Just, just get the next yeah, one, yeah, Dick. Yeah. There'll be another You'll chance, another chance from, yeah. from, half, yeah. from half the distance. But it was one of those when he came on... Um, I, I wasn't quite sure why he did, but I think he did show, to be fair, within the minute when he took on Mina, why he came on. And that's because he had sort of a, a direct pace about him. A couple of minutes before, Firmino sort of got put through by Mane and he mm. just didn't have the legs at, at mm. that point. Didn't have the pace, didn't have... He sort of meandered away from goal. Um, and he I think conviction, didn't he? It, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think he sort of... Klopp looked at, looked at Origi and thought, well, if I put him on the right and put Mane a little bit more central... At least he'll be fresh. At least he can they sort of and he, he that used to be his passy trick when he was in real good form for Liverpool. That sort of when he took it on the half turn, knocks it past the player and just bursts down the line. He's brilliant at that. Was it him that set one up against Arsenal a couple of years ago? Down it went went down. Was it someone else went down the line and crossed oh, the third? Do you mean the three one one Eldon? Yeah, the last minute. Yeah, was, was that it? Him? Yeah, that's what he does. That's yeah. what he does. He knocks it past and, and he leaves them for dead. When they got to the champion, well, they, in the top four, uh, got qualification for the Champions League in 2017. When Mane got injured, he came in and played yeah. a ton of games, didn't mm. he? In fact, he was in the matchday squad every single game that season. He played, I think 17. he played the most games, yeah, didn't he, that yeah. season? Yeah. In 20, yeah. he made most appearances anyway. So, you know, he, I think when Firmino did that, I don't know if Klopp was already contemplating that maybe he was, but I think that probably said, well, I need a different type of player here. I need a different type of threat. And mm. he does actually, you know, for as much as Solanke maybe gives a, a let's say a plan B, I don't really like that phrase, but give something a little bit different. With Origi, what you've got is someone who is not as intricate as Salah or maybe as quick as Mane or, you know, as good as finishing as other players. But what he does do is sort of combines all of them. He's almost a bit of a, you know, a jack of all trades, master of none, but that's not a bad option off the bench. And you know, I wouldn't have been saying this yesterday before he came on. And it's amazing how perception can change on the back of one goal from the 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 one yard area, but it, it, you that's know, a striker though, isn't he? That's it, what they're there for to score. You you just look at him and you think he's a man reborn. Let's start him in every game. But the, the one <laughs> weird thing, 
you joke about that, but the one the weird thing about Origi is he he's does streaky. score in streaks, doesn't yeah. he? He seems to get like five and six and then zero in ten, and that's probably always been his issue. And, and in that year, you're talking, Dolly, mm. about when he was very good against Dortmund. He had such a, a brilliant spell towards that part of the season before he got injured. It was like Sunderland, Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, was, he was very good. Yeah, he was. And you'd almost now think, do you know what? Firmino needs a break. Throw him in against Burnley. Give him a chance because if Origi's going to do it, it's now or never, isn't it, really, for him? And I, I don't know. I'd almost half be tempted to say, build on that, have a little go at Burnley, who are quite brittle at the moment, and, and try and run at them. And at the very, very worst, you, you actually sort of add more weight to the the, 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 the Ashcombe price that Liverpool yeah. have supposedly set on his head. You know, if he, if he gets a couple of goals between now and Christmas and, you know, Wolves are knocking on the door and you go, well, 20 million, all of a sudden they'll say, well, you know, we actually do need a striker. I mean, I, I don't think we should think about that. He's just scored the winner in the Merseyside derby in the most ridiculous way possible. Point. But, you know, ultimately, whether it's here or wherever, he's got a future in the game. It just depends on, on what he can do at Anfield now. Now, James, that would have been an equaliser had it not been for the contribution of both Alison Becker and Joe Gomez midway through the first half with a combined save that even Jurgen Klopp said he couldn't quite explain what happened. I mean, again, that underlines that you mentioned it, the fact that, you know, that's why Liverpool paid £65 million for, for Alisson and then also underline why Joe Gomez is now an England international and is, you know, probably the first choice centre-back pairing alongside Virgil van Dijk. Yeah, that yeah, that was an unbelievable save from Allison. I think, like any, everyone in the ground, you you just were waiting for the net to bulge because I think you know I think it was Walcott, wasn't it, who nodded it back across goal, and Andre Gomez, who I thought, yeah, Everson's best player by some distance, I thought, and you know, you'd have to say he should have taken Allison out of the equation, really. You know, he had so much of the goal to aim at, and he's so close. Allison's got absolutely no right to to save that, but he was you know sensational the way he made up the ground and spread himself well. Made the block, and then you're right. You know, Gomez reacting to you know the ball hitting ricocheting off Gomez and going back goalwards again. Um, you know, cleared it right right on the line, and yeah, especially now in hindsight, you look back on that as as a huge moment because you know uh, Everton probably gave as good as they got in the in the first half, and you know, it was it was interesting. You know, Everton showing some ambition at Anfield, which you know we haven't seen that very often. In the in the modern era, um, you know, Mina had that really good chance as well early on. You know, the the Gomez one, um, and you know, yeah, Liverpool rode their luck at, at times. But I thought, I thought second half, I was never really concerned that I didn't, I didn't think I didn't think Everton ever looked like winning the game in the second half. I think, I think the, the the big thing was whether Liverpool could could produce that quality in the final third to to make it count because it was frustrating. Because you can you look back on Liverpool's chances and they had five or six like really really good ones. Um, and you know, for a long, long time, it looked like that that wastefulness in the final third would, would have, was going to cost them. The Blood Red Podcast, brought to you by Footy Five. Play today at thepools.com. Now, Joe, I'm glad James mentioned. Then, you know, Liverpool were a little bit lucky in that respect. Because is it lucky when a goalkeeper who has been bought for 65 million pounds with a great reputation makes a save like that? And he also made another decent save, which has been overlooked a little bit when he uh, the Walcott one, where Walcott was in. And he just you know did enough to, to touch it with his hands, and, and then it went out of play. And you've got Joe Gomez, who's you know obviously thought of very highly. He's the one that makes this clearance. Is it lucky that these things happen? Because you look at Manchester United and, and David de Gea. He makes so many saves. He wins them so many points. Made well, ma- well, yeah, he but still does. He still does. It's it's a it's a good point, isn't it? Because I think yeah, there's always an element of luck, you know that that you know it could it could have trickled in, couldn't it? 
off Gomez, you know, it, so, so it bounces but the, off but him, the, doesn't the it? The overall point is that he's made but, another yeah, decent save right. and he's made a few this season already. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know what, I, I owe him a bit of an apology. I said this to you before and I sat, I'm sure he listens to this podcast. So <laughs> Regularly, he, he talks about it on Twitter. Yeah. Um, when I, he's playing I, his guitar. I, I sat near and talked about it the other week and I think I was talking a load of SHI. <laughs> You know, the careful, rest. Um, but <laughs> potty look, mouth. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. I, didn't, I didn't finish it, so it parental guidance count, count. needed. Were you but slagging him off? I wasn't slagging him off, and you I still were slagging him off. I wasn't slagging you him off. You were slagging him off. I wasn't slagging but him but off. But you were. Hang on, anyway, let's not, let's not have a strange little argument. Look, but he was. But I still stand by my point that I think he will make some errors because he strikes me as a type of proactive goalkeeper who will try something that won't come off. We've seen that at Leicester, we've seen the way he gets out and tries to close people down, and I think one. Those sorts of goalkeepers do end up getting embarrassed every now and again. But what I don't think I, I gave him enough credit for is just what an incredible presence he is. Because I don't know, there's, there's certain goalkeepers who just seem to be hard to beat, don't they? And, and he seems to be one of them. He, he seems to make himself yeah. big. He reacts well to things. You know, even that that was a phenomenal save. But the one on Walcott, where Walcott looks like he's going around him, you watch that back, oh, yes. a little touch he yeah, gets yeah. on it. It's just... It's absolutely superb. Because he could have so easily conceded a penalty there. He knew exactly yeah. what he was doing. Yeah, ex- he did. And um, I think even the little little intelligent movement for the for the goal at the yeah. end. Um, look, he still, he still scares the life out of me sometimes when they play the ball back to him because he shapes really weird. He doesn't seem to shape to kick the ball. He seems to stand very upright. But yeah, I, I don't think I gave him enough credit. So, Mr. Becker, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Chris, <laughs> and you're a great guitarist as well. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Christian, are you, and a singer as well. Lovely singer. Christian, Lovely are you worried about uh, Alison's shape? No, I think he's got a lovely shape. Do you see, <laughs> yeah. Do you see what I mean, though? Do you, no, 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 you no, 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 he is. He's very upright. He's very upright, and it always seems like he's about to kick with the wrong foot. Yeah, I yeah. don't know what it is, yeah. but he, Maybe he, he's just looking, to. he's assessing the scene, he's observing, he's seeing what's happening. He's, he's he looking is. at the bigger picture, which he's, is he's, why he's so good at distribution. He's like a chameleon. He's he's like go on. I'll let you have, go on. Explain. No, it's all. just the chameleon's got the source of the not the 360 vision. He's got like the. That's an owl. That's 270 anyway. He's not an owl. An owl hasn't got 360. It's said 270. <laughs> <laughs> well, the chameleon's got a chameleon's got the, the the eyes and the size of the head, and he can sort of assess both left and right as well. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what the hell are you talking? <laughs> about? Right. Meanwhile, Do you know, back, what's the secret on, life of the zoo? Meanwhile, back on planet Earth. Yeah, I'm going to ask you, Christian. Did we see the return of Gagan pressing? Oh, to a bit. You've, you've, you've thrown that one at me. I was just, <laughs> yeah. about, to, I was just about to talk about zoo animals. <laughs> because, oh, great tactics. Because if you look at, certainly in the first half, Liverpool were right up. Everton started, I thought, pressing really high and pressing quite well, but Liverpool then turned it around and they were right yes. in the faces in the first half. And I tell you who was key to that, Fabinho. I thought there was that that time with Shakiri's chance in the in the first half where he's nicked it off for just a gay, I think it was. Um, so, yeah. He's pushed them up high. He's well into into Everton's half there, and you haven't really seen Liverpool do that very much this season. Certainly not, you know, in, in a game like that where they, they've pressurised the, the the opposition central midfielders and, and they've nicked the ball and then they've sort of sprung a counter attack. And it's not even a counter attack. It's 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 more of a they're already there. They haven't got many passes, and it was only one pass to Shakiri, and he was away. Um, yeah, I think I think we saw. I think it was interesting because it was a different style of of, of pressing because of the four two three one. I think it was a, you could tell that Salah, Shakiri, Mane, and Firmino was sort of not adrift of the other two, but you could tell that there was a lot of onus on Wijnaldum and Firmino to get around the pitch to press high. 
what it did lead to at times was a very open game in midfield. There were a couple of times where Everton were a couple of pa- they were popping a couple of passes and there were was three vast canyons, yeah. 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 Um, but that's the, that's the type of football and that's the type of you know tightrope style Liverpool were accustomed to last season and, and, and it sort of was brought back. I don't think we'll see that in many games this season, but I think Everton lent to it because I think Marco Silva, until he started to maybe at nil-nil at 80 minutes go, right, okay, we got a good result here. Until that happened, they came at Liverpool and it it worked to do that. You know, Everton was splitting their centre-backs. You know, you had Mina on one side, you had uh, Michael Keane on the other, who were happy to pass out from the back. You know, Gomez was absolutely key to that. That's why he looked so good because he was also the, the, the link between the defence, the midfield, and then the midfield and the attack. But, um, yeah, it was nice to see, because even though Liverpool you know, only won 1-0 in terms of, and it was a last-minute goal, and it could have been very, very different, so I, I do think that was, in terms of going forward, it wasn't necessarily fluid, but and it didn't quite click, and again, sometimes the, the, the final pass was lacking, but it just looked, for me, a little bit more energetic, it looked a little bit more snappy, it looked a bit... Just a little, like there was a little bit more intent there, and you know you watch the game back and you see Mane had a really good chance. Shakiri had a one on one, which we should, he should have buried. There were a couple of other opportunities, so you know I, I think that was even at nil nil. I don't think Liverpool should have been too down beast, even though they inevitably would have been. I mean, just to for the benefit of our listeners, James Pierce has just produced a very intricate doodle. He's, I have to I, say, I've just been yeah, watching yeah. it. It's a lovely <laughs> bit of art. It's nice to know that he was listening yeah, to yeah. me. To be fair, is this still going on? He's drawn a chameleon. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I was going to pick him up on his yawn. There's more there, strings to James's bow than I think we give him credit for. It's a lovely bit of art. All right, that was a really boring answer. By the way, congrats if you still with us. It was all about the question. I think. Yeah. Hospital. All right. We will talk then, James, about Fabinho or. Fabinho five to give him his full title. Um, I gave him an eight. Fabinho what? Five. Fabinho five, five. Out five out of ten. Five out of ten. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, well done. Yeah, well done, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Twenty eighteen. Yeah. Inside um, jokes. Yeah. <laughs> it's not inside. Given the amount of abuse I get on Twitter for it, everybody knows. Now I gave him an eight. I thought it was Liverpool's best outfield play. Would you agree with that, James? And yes. could this be a game where the crowd seemed to respond to what he did? Which is that's the first time I've seen that for Fabinho. He put in a few good tackles, as, as Christy mentioned, the one that got the Shakiri chance. There was a few others, and the crowd seemed to enjoy the fact he appeared up for it. He, he ran more than any other player on the pitch. You know, made more tackles. That's exactly he's he's shown what he's about. But also the way that he managed to initiate attacks, such as the again the Shakiri chance. That's kind of what. Klopp wants, and that's perhaps the one thing that it's taken him more time to get used to than anything else, just the speed of which they need yeah. to play the game. Oh, that was that was definitely his best game for Liverpool by an absolute mile. I thought he, cause he, he had a couple of half-decent games, didn't he? But they were against limited limited teams and then went to Arsenal and, and, you know, and against a higher calibre opponent. And that was in a three, though, wasn't it? It was it, in a three midfield, not around the two. Yeah, and the, the pace of that game, I think, caught him out a bit. But, yeah, that, that, that felt like the first time that we've seen why Klopp paid paid that huge amount of money to to get him for Monaco because yeah I thought he was Liverpool's best player gave him man of the match you're right you know in terms of repeatedly winning the ball back move the ball quickly as well I think that's been a a kind of a common complaint this season that Liverpool haven't moved the ball quickly enough they've had too many touches and it's all been too pedestrian um and and he didn't you know he 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 ensured there was that tempo and intensity to their work and I think Chris is right you know there were spells in that first half where you thought you know it was like watching Liverpool of the second half of last season with um you know how incisive and quick they were when you know they carved out chances um so yeah I just hope Fabino gets a 
a decent run in the side now. I think he he certainly deserves it. I hope you know. I'm, I'm sure we'll come on to team for Burnley, and you know, of course, you know that 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 game I think would have taken a lot out of him, and as well as it would have taken a lot out of of other teammates as well. So there will be a few few changes, but um, yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see whether because obviously, you know, it, it, it's that that system I think definitely suits Fabino. Um, and you know is whether whether even does Klopp does Klopp trust him to almost be as the the number six? The, 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 he calls it a double six, doesn't he? So he played him as, as played him in a double six, but w- will he trust him to play as if he only goes with one holding midfielder? Well, what I found interesting was when he did only go when he sort of reverted to the to the one six and the two ahead. It was actually Wijnaldum, wasn't it? Who was deepest, and Fabinho was a little bit favour up so maybe there's your answer to that at the moment maybe not because he does sort of still maybe struggle a little bit with you know going backwards at times does feel like midfielders may able be able to run off him a little bit easily off the ball what surprises me about Fabinho and, and this completely contradicts everything that's been said about him when he signed and all the, the experts from France and people who watch Monaco he looks better with the ball than without and I thought he was going to be this sort of this midfield destroyer who you know Blasts, you know, opposition midfielders away. Well, he started as a right back, didn't he? So he would have seen he's, he's an awful a, lot of the ball. He's good on yeah. the ball. He's, and you're almost thinking, well, he's not necessarily this, this, you know, to use the the the, the, the internet parlance, a DM. He's not that sort of player. He's more of a a ball player. Champ man parlance. Uh, champ, champ man internet. Same thing. I would... <laughs> <laughs> it's football I, manager now, anyway, isn't it? Yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure my age. I wonder whether. And there's been so much talk, hasn't there, Henderson or Fabinho, and you get stick if you're in either camp, really, at the moment. But I wonder whether those two would actually dovetail quite nicely together because Fabinho, I was quite surprised, the same as Christian, that he seems to work better, I think, a little bit further forward where he can win the ball higher up the pitch because he's got, he anticipates very well and he tackles very well and then he does get the ball moving well. But he, one thing he doesn't seem to do is move around the pitch quite quickly. And I wonder whether Henderson's legs are a bit deeper allow him to win a few ball balls higher up the pitch. I, I I I don't know if it's just Henderson as well. I think Wijnaldum's his best well, partner Wijnaldum. at the moment. I think Cater might be the one. I think Cater and him, because Cater used to play there for Leipzig in that sort of that two-man midfield. And you just wonder if those two, you know, if, if Cater can have... I know you're not sold on at the moment, Joe, but he has got that energy around him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you get that from the way I'm looking yeah. at it. I just don't F- trust him F- at the Fabinho has actually now started Liverpool's last four home games. And as mm. James said, they were, haven't been against... not. The earlier games weren't against particularly great opposition. What was it? Fulham, um, Cardiff and, and Red Star Belgrade. But he's getting the minutes, isn't he? Yeah, and he, and he needs more of them. I think he, he does, like James said, he needs, he needs a run of games now. And, you know, I don't, I think they should make changes for Burnley. I think they will need to make changes for Burnley, but he's not one of the ones I'd like to see them make. I think he needs to stay in there. And Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they use them. It'd be interesting when they, they move around formations, how he fits in. So, um, so, so do you not think that Cater brought a little bit more energy when he came on for the last 20 minutes or so? No, I still thought he was all over the place. I, I, I just, at the moment, I just think, I, I think it's confidence. I think he really does look like he's lacking confidence. I think he, he looks a little bit muddled, like he, he doesn't quite know what he should be doing at the, at the, at the moment. And I, I'm a little bit worried about him, but with it being a confidence thing, you hope that he'll just get that back and, and start flowing a little bit more. But um, I don't, I just can't get my head around him playing deeper. I think he, he just, surely he looks like he's a player who fits better as he did earlier on in the season when he was a little bit further forward and he could move forward with the ball. I think deeper. I just don't like, I don't I don't trust his passing. I think he's a little bit wayward and doesn't use the ball too well and I don't want someone giving the ball away 
deep in the pitch. The this problem the with that, sorry, do then quickly is that, uh, you know, in a four-two-three, when one where does he fit in? Well, well exactly. He yeah, goes in behind fun. the. I was about to say this: the four-two-three-one seems to be the formation that Fabinho plays in, mm. and so if he's playing and Cater wants to play, he's going to have to play behind the striker. I see. I think he. I think I. I think I've said this before. I he's think lit- he was maybe meant literally, to be. Literally, just said it. About <laughs> no, 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 no. What I'm going to say now is that to bring it back to the summer when obviously they were pursuing the Biel Fakir, mm. you do wonder if the idea initially was maybe Fabino and Keita as that midfield two, and then the three behind, which would have been Salah, Mane, Fakir, and then Firmino was the striker. You do wonder if that was possibly the, the design all along, and obviously that's changed slightly now, and it's left Keita in a little bit of a quandary of, well, how exactly do I use him? And maybe that's why you know the 4 3 threes been given a little run out as well. I, I slightly disagree. I think he was brought in for the 4 3 3 to be the midfielder that gives them a bit more the eight, eight. yeah the eight from, yeah. from, from what midfield. Coutinho was yeah exactly yeah. perhaps a little bit different Coutinho was a more individualist more, and yeah, was, it was more attack minded yeah, whereas Cato would presumably provide a little bit more defensive solidity yeah, and, and well compared to Coutinho anyway I think this sounds strange considering Coutinho was capable of some of those wonderful passes but I think Cato strikes me as more of a, a team player whereas Coutinho was very much the individual he could score wonderful goals but Sometimes I think Liverpool gave him the ball and he'd just shoot and it would break down moves. Whereas Keita, especially when we saw early in the season against West Ham, the team knitted well together with him in it. And I hope that he, he can get back to that. But right now, I just think it's a confidence thing, but I'm still a, bit, a little bit worried about him. We've, well, we've spoken about two Brazilians, James, that played well for Liverpool uh, at the weekend. We're now going to talk about one that didn't. And that's uh, Roberto Firmino. I mean, we were at Watford last week where he did play in that deeper position. And the second half, he... Basically ran the show, didn't he? Scored one, had a part in one goal and then won the free kick for the other one. But there was times on Sunday where he was that deep. He's like ridiculous. He's back in his own half. There's no need for him to be there, is there? Yeah, I, he is a worry. There's no doubt about that. I think you're right. There's, we've, there's been occasions this season where it has you've thought, oh, Firmino's back kind of thing. And then suddenly it's a false dawn and... You're right. He was great in the second half at Watford, but then you know, I thought he was poor against PSG in midweek, and then he, he was the weak link in that Liverpool attack on on Sunday. I couldn't. I think, as we said earlier on, I couldn't believe that he didn't. He wasn't. You know, when when Klopp started to make changes, I think we were both there, weren't we? Going, well, it'll be Firmino, surely. And then it wasn't, and it was eventually it was him. Um, what was it? I think well, 80, Arigi, eighty-four minutes. Yeah, wasn't it? when yeah. when Origi came yeah. on. So um, yeah, I'd, I just think because he because he was so important to Liverpool last season. And the success that they had, especially in Europe, you just really notice it when he's when he's not anywhere near the level. I don't know whether it's fatigue, whether that's mental or physical, or just sheer. You know, there was Statnach knocking around, wasn't? I don't think anyone's played more football than him um, in the Premier League and with all the other commitments as well. The World Cup that I know people will say he didn't start for Brazil, but he's still training every day. Um, yeah, whatever reason, it's it's just not happening for him. He was so wasteful in possession at times on on Sunday and. You know that chance as well. I just thought that that chance you you mentioned before about the lack of conviction. I think that just sums up where he is at the moment as a player because I don't think anyone in the ground believed he was going to put that away. He never ever looked like you know that he was that he was he had the confidence to to get himself in a decent position and you know he en- ends up dragging it well wide and uh, you know I I think he needs a break. I don't think mm. I don't think there's anything to be gained from. I certainly wouldn't have him in my starting lineup at Burnley on on Wednesday night because I, I think you know. You, Joe said earlier on about potentially starting Origi, which I think is not a bad idea, but I think I'd probably have Sturridge ahead of him. And I actually thought Sturridge did really well when he came on. Yeah. Um, 
you know, he made made things happen. Of course, he was you know, he was involved. Um, Should have had a penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that, you know that. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. It was a, a blatant handball from from Sigurds, and it should have been given. Um, so yeah, I, ju- I just think Klopp has got better options than Firmino at the moment. And Firmino is a class act. He'll come back strong and still have a big part to play this season. But yeah, I, I think he needs to be taken out the firing line. Joe, is Firmino being helped or not helped by the constant change in the formation? And while we know he's had the World Cup, and as James has just said, he's he's obviously fatigued and all this kind of stuff. But do you think? the fact that the change in the formations isn't helping him so much because he's the one that seems to be more being affected. Mane doesn't really change. Salah's just moving to a position he, he quite likes to play in, but Firmino is a bit different for him. I think that's the single biggest reason for his form this year, the, the change of formation. Strangely, even though he's been very good for Liverpool, I think putting Shaqiri in and finding ways of getting in the team harms Firmino because play, playing that this um, 4 2 3 one, Hurts for me because you can see he's coming so deep and he's coming so deep to try and get involved in the game yesterday. He was, he was inside his own half at times and and then I think on Wednesday against PSG, I actually think that he he was back playing in the four three three, but almost out of habit was coming in deep because he'd been playing in the in, and, and in the, the other system. And systems. you had Salah going central, yeah, and, and, so they were kind of running around the yeah, same areas of the pitch. And I think last season just brought the best out of Firmino because he was allowed to do the things that he's very good at. And he was allowed to affect the game in the right areas of the pitch. So it's a difficult one. You know, I, I think that's why I'm slightly biased towards the 4-3-3 at the moment, because I still remember Firmino at his best in that. And I, I still suspect that that will be the way to get the best back out of him. But I'm with James. I think he needs a break. I think regardless of um, trying to play him back into form, I just think he needs to come out the firing line now and, and have a breather. And Burnley represents a good chance to do that. I'd give him a week off. I genuinely would. I'd, I'd, I'd say to him, Burnley and Bournemouth, you're not even going to be, not even going to be in the match they squad. I mean, people, maybe that people, might be a risk against Burnley, but maybe put him on the bench against Bournemouth. But if if I can help it, you won't be playing again until Napoli at home. And are just... people being guilty? Sorry, Christian, of overanalyzing him though, because he's he's a football like everybody else. He's played very well last season. He's just not playing quite as well this he's season. He's played a lot of football though in a lot yeah. of minutes, and he and, and he isn't normally a player who gets the get gets you know taken off on sixty. He's because he was so vital to Liverpool. Last season, he, 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 you know, less so than Rigi, but in the same vein, he is a streaky player in the sense that he can go a while without a goal, and then he just sort of. It was around about this time last season where he really started to hit form. He, even in microcosms of games, he, he's not a very good substitute. Sometimes I know he scored off the bench against PSG, but well, you towards think, the end of last season, he, his he, substitute he, appearances he, were not great. He was, yeah. He just needs. So it's almost like he needs to be warm. So you just wonder if he's <laughs> not, 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 not in terms of temperature. Go give him a hug. Like, Go like, give him like, a hug. like a chameleon. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, also you need. Um, what need did you dry? take before this? <laughs> and can I have some? Yeah. Are you still? Are you still enjoying last night? I, I'm yeah. I'm drunk on Terry Owen. Um, but yeah, I just I'd, I think with Firmino, I would be tempted to say, look, if if we can avoid it, we're not going to play it until Napoli. We got Origi there. We got Sturridge there. I think Salah down the middle is an option. I think he's looked most dangerous when he's been playing. I think it's not easy to mark him out of the game when he's on the right-hand side, but I think a lot of teams now are, are doubling up that left-hand side, left-hand side, Liverpool's right-hand side. Um, you know, put Salah through the middle. Um, he's got the quality to, to to basically not drag Liverpool, but certainly galvanise them from the front. Um, I'd, I'd be saying, look, Liverpool have got options. They've got Keita there as a, as a potential you know number 10 attacker. You've got Shakiri, you've got Mane, you've got Sturridge Origi, 
you got Solanke. You, I just, I think there's so many games coming up that this is probably one of the ideal weeks to just say, we'll try and rest your legs for this week. Well, the next one, James, is Burnley on Wednesday. We may as well deal with the team selection now. I mean, how, what are we thinking? Keeper staying the same? Yes. Would you not bring back Menule? He loves turf more. <laughs> no. No. So, no. Uh, left back? Uh, keep the same. Robertson. Still keeping with Robertson, yet. Yeah. At what point you give him a rest? One of the two full-backs needs a rest. Uh, well, no, got, maybe... over Christmas, Newcastle, you might think that Moreno mm. might play there. Or even Bournemouth, you know. Yeah. I'd be tempted to play Bournemouth. Gomez right back. Well, I was going to come to this, yeah, Gomez. But then, does that... Because Lovren wasn't there, was he? But he's fine. he's fine. He's fine. He is fine now. Is he fine now? Yeah, so yeah. you play Lovren. What was the issue yeah. with Lovren? He was ill, wasn't he? Ill. I think it was some. Yeah, but it was only very minor. I don't. To yeah. honest, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have started anyway. I think he was always going to go back to Gomez Van Dyke. So yeah, I'd be tempted to go Gomez right back and then um, Van Dyke and Lovren centre off. Are we in agreement with that? I think yeah, because I think one of the fullbacks needs a breather, and I think that seems the more sensible way of doing it. I'll <laughs> get Moreno in the team. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to play at some point. Well, they are foul they be, won, yeah, they I don't want to be targeted. They won 4-1 last wins. time he played. So. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Christian, would you be in agreement with our defence that we've decided? I think so. Um, I'm sensing a so buzz no, here. That's yeah. absolutely <laughs> no. That's <laughs> how you feel, chameleon. Come on. Okay. You want Matip going in at right back? No, no. I'm just thinking Gomez, it's weird because we sort of just assume, oh, well, you know, we need to freshen up a, a, cent- a right back. So let's just put the lad who's been playing centre back, a right back, and he's, yeah. played a, he's played a lot of games, Gomez. So you're saying drop Gomez, <sighs> keep Trent in? Probably Climbing. not. I'd probably do it against Bournemouth more than Burnley. I don't know because Burnley are rubbish. So yeah, do you know what? You're I'll the go, manager, so I'll what go, are you doing? I'll go Matip. I'll go Matip and love him. Sorry, what? Oh, sorry, no, 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 sorry. What's going on? No, no, sorry. Matip, Matip and Van Dijk. I'd, I'd and Lovren left back. No, no. no. Um, I'll go Robertson and oh, Gomez or Klein. Well, which one? <laughs> Gomez. <laughs> In second thoughts, I, I don't want what you've been taking last night. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, we will then look at the midfield. I'm, we're, what is our defence? Well, we're ignoring Christian. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's probably for the best, let's be honest. Um, are we saying 4 3 3 1 or are we saying 4 3 3? 4 2 3 1 for me. It's the control and formation, isn't it? They're not going I to think, give a lot of space. I think I'll go with four, two, three, one as well. You know, I know Joe is just headed the, yeah. headed <laughs> the, the microphone. There. <laughs> Lost the will to live. I hate it. I hate the four, two, three, one. Yeah, I think. Well, well, it's Fine. up to James. What are you saying? I'm going back to four, three, three. Yes, oh. James. I'm going with James. Uh, Why did you get the cast? Yeah, I know. Ones? I thought you two hated each other. No, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if it's four, three, three, then which three are you picking? Well, well, then we'll do it that way. So if it's four, three, three, which what are you picking? Fabinho. <laughs> God, don't think too for this Henderson and um, well hang on Henderson I think Henderson is guaranteed to play yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. going to go Fabino Henderson Milner yeah that's that's what I'm going with Mil- Milner has to start Milner and Henderson uh, as far as I'm concerned are definitely playing would you agree with that uh, well I'm, I'm going with yeah. the same three it's teams. just I suppose yeah. what we don't know is, is have Henderson Fabino played, played played together yet mm, don't think so well, we really whether, should know this sort of thing I don't think we know whether Klopp I think he, I don't know whether it does ring a bell, but but you don't know. It might. I think it might have been one of them throwaway lines where he said, "Yeah, of course they could play together," but you don't know whether he actually means that. <laughs> um, so that would be that would be for me. I'd, I'd like to see them try it, but we don't know whether whether Chris, he thinks that's Christine, a goer. You put quite like Matty to see in midfield. <laughs> He's Min- played there. He's Min- played there. Min- 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 <laughs> the ten. Um, no, I I go Henderson Fabino as a, as a, as the two. So if it, but if it was three, who would you? But pick? if it was three, I'd throw Milner in there as well. But I'd be tempted to. So Henderson. So we. we the consensus is probably Henderson, Fabino, Milner. Yeah, in the if it's end. a three, if it's so a three. So if if it's the three up top, then 
Which three are we saying? Sturridge through the middle, Salah right, Mane left. Same. So you're not you're not having a re in the team. No, because I just think I still think Sturridge has got to be above him in the pecking order. I you know, I love Divock Origi, but he scored a <laughs> one yard <laughs> header. <laughs> it wasn't even that went off with like his shoulder or something. Didn't well, it? I'm giving yeah. Big Divi the chance. Is he still playing piano? Is he still playing piano? Yeah, he was learning piano, wasn't he? I've no was idea. I'm pretty sure time, this is your interview it? about yeah. him learning piano, James. <laughs> <laughs> I have definitely not spoke to Divock Origi about playing the piano. Well, we'll save all that. Just Google it when you get out of this. So are you, yeah. are you saying Origi should play? Yeah, I, I want it. Do you feel as though he can't play, Jurgen Klopp, this is, can't play two of Sturridge and Origi? He can't, dro- he can't drop two of the front, the celebrated front three. And I, in I this team, and in this team hmm. you've left out Shakiri again. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't think he was great, actually, uh, against Everson. And, yeah, I just, yeah, I'm not... You know, you've got to have options on the bench, haven't you? To, yeah. he could, he's a potential game changer if you need him. So which three are you saying the same? Storage up top with uh, well, no, Mane and Salah? Go on Origi. I'm oh, Origi, sorry. Yeah. sorry. <laughs> Don't call me that. Uh, Christian? Uh, Mane left, Origi right, Salah through the middle. <sighs> well, I'm going to say What's Origi. Wrong with that? <laughs> 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 I think Origi will start, so you've been outvoted this time, James. Right. Score it's predictions fine. then. Bearing in mind that Burnley are absolutely rubbish at the moment. What was the the, the numbers for Crystal Palace? Had something like twenty four shots to one. Yeah, something. and then one two. I mean, if Crystal Palace are scoring two against you, you've got to be quite bad defensively. You've jinxed that. Uh, yeah, I, think, <laughs> I haven't jinxed it. It's just yeah. like saying saying what it is. Liverpool are second in the league, and Burnley are next to bottom. If Liverpool don't win, there will be a surprise. Two zero Liverpool. Two zero. I'm going to go with three three one. I think Burnley will score after having said all that. I I agree with Joe. Two 0 oh, Liverpool. That's great. It's you two. What's, what's podcast, going on? What's, what's this? JJ? It's just a very shrewd judge. <laughs> <laughs> Christian? Uh, 1-0. 1-0? That's very much unlike you. This is, this, this is this is this is this he, is. He hasn't been a judge yourself. He's on the come down now. One nil after ten Liverpool. minutes. Yeah. It's a different Liverpool. It's a different Christian Welsh. <laughs> Did not win eight nil anymore? His pupils are much bigger. I was, was going to say. say <laughs> as Christian reaches for the water, we will end our podcast there. Uh, join us later this week when we look back on Liverpool against Burnley and ahead to a trip to Bournemouth. Cheerio. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.